0: Hey everybody, it's Pastor Tom, and here we are again with another Truth Talk series, and I'm very excited about this. As you could tell from the thumbnail, this is about porn, lust, sexual addiction, uh, and it, this is going to be a great series. Um, over the next four weeks, we're going to basically do a discussion of why we're here, Right? why are we discussing this. Uh, next uh, week, we're going to discuss what does the Bible say about this topic of uh, sexual addiction, porn. And third week, we're going to discuss how to get set free. And then the fourth week, we're going to have a couple of uh, testimonials. And I think it's going to be a great time. I've got Jeff Mix here with me, and River Calhoun and Tom Peer. And they've decided to sit in the hot seat and have this discussion. And I think it's, it's going to be fantastic. So let's pray and get started. Father, we just thank you for this awesome opportunity that we have to share this very important area of your word and how to help men and women get set free from the power of this addiction. The power of Jesus is greater, and we declare that power today in the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. Let's get started. Why are we having this discussion? And I want to say the number one point that i put down here in our notes and we're going to be referring to these throughout the discussion and that's availability uh and the number of porn and sexualized websites is greater than ever I mean it's exploded over the last um over the last few decades, I would say, not years, decades. It's It's been getting worse and worse and worse. And, you know, that second point there, Jeff, is something that you brought up as we've, we've had many conversations together. Oh, this is Jeff Mix, by the way, River Calhoun and Tom Peer. I'm sorry I missed out on those introductions. But um, you brought this, this second point up, and I think it's uh,
1: very important. Okay. Um, Well, I had uh, thought about this, and and I came up with the conclusion that it's a plague, it's a cancer on the healthy development of people and relationships, namely, not limited just to men, but women and children, so families, culture, our society at large. And it desperately needs to be addressed. Uh, It's eating through the fabric of what uh, God's best He intended for us, and it's the enemy has twisted it. Human sexuality turned it around and brought it down, and it just keeps getting lower and lower. And we, the church, need to address this issue. Mm
0: -hmm. I think that's a very important point. The church needs to address this issue. Um, I want to. I want to look at that second or that third point there. Um. And I think you made this point as well. Yeah. Do you want to go yeah, over sure, that? I do. And the third and, point you know, we
1: feel this needs to be brought up and and not in a manner where we're looking down our nose at anybody. We're member we're men, we're members of this culture, and um, we just have to deal with it. Um, but you know, God has his best intended and instored intentions in store for us. And again, the enemy has come along and sna- tried to snatch that away. And uh, degrade it. And um, so, in that respect, um, we just we need to bring it back up to where God originally designed it to be addressed. Mm-hmm.
0: And, you know, it says, uh, you know, we, we said the motivation compelling this is because of the excessive love of God for his creation. You want to say something, Tom?
2: Yeah, I think uh, soulrefinder.com says that there's three reasons why we don't talk about this. Number one is that it's taboo. Nobody wants to, nobody wants to address that elephant in the room and they don't understand it and they don't want to touch it because it's too big. It's too uncomfortable. Number two is, is that we don't talk about it because of the fear of judgment. Like what do people think if I'm, if I confess that I'm into pornography and masturbating and having affairs and and all the sexual addiction and the trap. No, who they're going to look down on me? They're going to. They're, I'm going to be ostracized. I'm going to be uh, set aside. Nobody's going to. Nobody's going to understand that. And the other and the third reason is that a lot of churches don't know how to deal with this. How do you deal with the sexual addiction issues? How well, How do you? How do you help recovery? And it and it creates like well, let's not deal with this because it's just too big and it's just too hard.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. So uh, we have a, a scripture here I want to read, and I think it's important for us as we go through this conversation to talk about the Word of God. What does God's Word say? Because that is the standard by which men and women should be living, right? So the Word says in Ephesians chapter 3, do you want to read that, uh,
3: River? The, uh, God's standard right there. Ephesians 5, three, but among you there must be even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people.
0: Right, so right there it says there must not be a hint, not one speck. And, and I want you to think about that for a second. In our society, where the society says, and and that gets down further into our discussion, where we're American science. This is what America says, right? Oh, you're a red-blooded American man. It's okay. You should, you should be looking at these things because if you're not, there must be something wrong with you, right? But God says there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality. You know, and they're there in the the three points that you just brought up Tom are that's big because in a church and I'm a pastor right and I'm as guilty as anybody when as any pastor when it comes to staying away from that topic it's like I'm not going I don't want to bring that up I'm not going to bring that up I don't want to talk about that on Sunday morning because that's going to make people feel uncomfortable it might make people leave it might pay people, you know So what do we do? Well, you know, I think this is one of the reasons why um, there is so much, and we're going to read some statistics here in a few minutes, why there's so much
3: sexual immorality in the church. Did you want to say something, River? Yes, I'm happy to have the opportunity to speak out on this topic. In past years, as a young adult, um, so many places I would look and listen To desire the flesh was common, it was normal, it was part of being accepted into society. And the more that I believed that, the farther I got away from God, and the the more doubt, uh, insecurity, um, so many just mixed emotions that didn't help me as a young man were more and more evident. But as I came to church and started to read the Word and believe in what the Scripture has to offer, the more direction I have in God's will.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Right. And, and that's what should be happening. And, you know, going back to why is the church not talking about this? I mean, that's a huge thing. We should be talking about it, but that does not make it any easier for me as a pastor to bring it up. And I think in our discussions in preparation for these, these episodes, one of the things that we talked about, it, this was a big topic between all of us, and that is why isn't the church handling it? Why nope, I, That I'm aware of, there are no churches that are speaking about this. And I, I, I think there's a lot of reasons for that. And of course, we're not gonna solve those, but here's the good thing. We have decided to talk about it. And that's gonna make it uncomfortable for some people Um, but I hope some folks will be like, oh my goodness, I need to talk to you guys. I'm, I'm stuck. I'm really stuck. I can't stop looking at this. It's consumed me as it does some people. And Jeff, I think you brought this, this point up here on, um, I want you to address that your brain on porn.
1: Um, with the advent of, uh, Technology and brain imaging and scanning uh, capabilities—it um, can also be validated, not just spiritually, that our standards and things change in the way we hold dear uh, things and, and values in our lives. But that can also be—it's documented, and it changes the function of your brain. Um, you know, the the pleasure reward centers of your brain light up uh, when viewing these uh, things of great stimulation, and they actually can. Uh, essentially to uh, make tracks, if you will, in your brain. And and one quote here is, uh, it's pretty uh, provocative. It says, it's as though we have devised a form of heroin usable in the privacy of one's own home and injected directly to the brain through the eyes. That's according to Dr. Jeffrey Satin over at Princeton University. So this is a multifaceted problem and uh, you know, with men, things are impossible, but with God, all things are possible. So we really need to look at this holistically, physically, mentally, emotionally, but the church's domain is spiritually. And I do believe that Jesus Christ is the solution to all of mankind's problems. So we need to bring this problem to him and we need right. to share it with our congregation. I, I would like for us, uh, there, there's a
0: question that we had here in, in point three of our notes what is this doing to men, women, marriages, and relationships? And I would like for you, Tom, to read some of these statistics that we have here in our notes, because there's a bunch of them. Under stats here, we've got uh, a a ton of this stuff that I think people should hear, because it's explosive. And and we're going to, in our next episode, we're really going to talk about what does the bible say about this so we're not we're not focusing on that today but in the next episode we'll be talking about that so go ahead tom read some of those
2: over 40 million americans are regular visitors to porn sites it lasts about 6 minutes and 30 seconds 42 million porn sites 370 million pages the porn industry annual revenue is more than the nfl the nba and Major League Baseball combined. It is also more than the combined revenue of network TV, ABC, CBS, and NBC. 40% of families report that pornography is a problem in their home. Pornography use increases marital infidelity by over 300%.
0: And that I find interesting because... I think some people might use it as a justification to make their marriage better, but it doesn't work that way. It does not, no. It does not work that way. Keep going, Tom. This is interesting
2: stuff. 11 is the average age that a child is first exposed to porn. 94% of children will see porn by the age of 14 years of age. And
0: And that's staggering when you think about it. That is staggering to think that our children are being exposed to this. And we cannot deny it. It's there. It's on phones. How many kids, 11, 12, 13, 14-year-old kids, most of them have phones, and it's wide
2: open for them to see whatever they want? Keep going. 56% of American divorces involve one party having an obsessive interest in porn. 70% of Christian youth pastors report that they have had at least one teen come to them for help in dealing with Pornography in the last year. Now this is this is mind numbing. Sixty eight percent of church growing men, and over fifty percent of pastors view porn on a regular basis. Of young Christian adults, eighteen to twenty four years of age, seventy six percent actively search. For porn.
0: That's a. This is why we're talking about it. Absolutely. I mean, if it was just this one statistic right here, this is why we're discussing this. Because we want the men in our fellowship to be whole and free, 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 free of this
2: addiction, this bondage. And you said it, or bondage, it's bondage. Keep going. 59% of pastors said that married men seek help for porn use. 33% of women aged 25 and under search for porn once a month. And only 13% of self-identified Christian women say they've never watched porn. 87% of Christian women have watched pornography.
0: You know, I think it's important, we're not trying to minimize, uh, this is an issue with women as well, but we're focusing on men uh, mostly through this whole series. But this is an across-the-board issue with men, women, and children. So keep going. I want people to hear
2: this. 55% of married men and 25% of married women say they watch porn at least once a month. 57% of pastors say porn addiction is the most damaging issue in their congregation. And 69% say porn has adversely impacted the church. Only 7% of pastors say their church has a program to help people struggling with pornography. That's huge. 7% of churches are dealing with this.
0: And that's not many. Oh, God help
2: us. Well, and
0: we'll go back to those previous comments. It's, It's difficult to bring this subject up because it can open up a lot of things, and it makes people feel uncomfortable. But I think the more we talk about it, hopefully we can help men and women come to the table before something worse happens. Um, the, these stats, tell where these stats come from, because I think that's important that people know they can go out and look at all this stuff. We're not coming up with this on our own.
2: This is stuff we've looked up. That's from the uh, 40, per, it's a Gallup survey. I think it was. Is that right? Gallup. It's Soul Refiner and SoulRefiner.com.
0: Yeah, Barna Research and, uh, and Barna Sol Research.
2: It's, he's a Christian researcher that has done research on this, and that, that that's where they've compiled these statistics.
1: So when when you think about these statistics, I mean they are staggering. But what, how could this? How could the numbers inflate and become so large? I think it goes back to the issue that to coin a a phrase, it's the acceptable sin, or it's the sin that people, it's not visible. You know, there's no telltale track or, you know, change in your physical profile per se, but there's a lot going on internally. So, you know, this can go on and on and on and just infiltrate throughout the the culture at large and through the person that's a a carrier of this uh, plague, let's say.
0: I think one of the... One of the things that we cannot uh, what's the word quantify maybe is that very possibly there are people who, as young children, are watching these things, <clears throat> or maybe they have an older brother or, Father or uncle or cousin or nephew, and they're watching or looking at these things. And usually, what happens, I think, is watching or looking turns into trying and doing. And I've talked to many men in my role in the jail as chaplain over the years over 12 and a half years I've talked to many men who have been abused by uncles, brothers, fathers, nephews, cousins, uh, or introduced to things. And I have to believe in most of those cases that came from exposure to pornographic pictures, which led to a desire to try or to test. And this person was just the closest person And it could have been, I I would say in most of those cases, it's not consensual, but in some cases, it is probably, uh, possibly so, but most cases it's not, which becomes a crime. So honestly, these things can lead to worse things that can cause people to get in trouble. Now, I don't think that's everybody that I've, I've talked to. There might be a few folks that this led to activities that caused them to get charges, but not most people. But I think it can tend towards more and more destructive behavior uh, that ultimately is going to destroy that person. So um, one of the things I think is interesting in in the next survey or the next uh, stat that we've got here is according to a Gallup survey, 43% of Americans consider porn to be morally acceptable. And that's really hard to understand how uh, that could be non-married respondents <clears throat> who find uh, porn morally acceptable was 50, was a 50% increase. Uh, I'm sorry, was 50%, an increase of 50% from um, uh, the previous study. So, um, it's not good. You know, so what happens is the more exposure, the more acceptable it it seems to be. And that is totally counter to God's word. You know, if you get exposed to sinful things before long, uh, you're going to start doing those things. You just are. Um, Anybody have any more to say about stats or... Percentages, well, I, I, or- I think
2: that I think that what happens is because they've been traumatized by, you know, sometimes it's it's a pain, it's a it's a uh, it's an assault, it's a molestation, um, it's there's a there's a number of factors there that that causes that individual then to they don't know how kids don't know how to deal with the emotions of sex, that's that's why the big push to sexualizing kids younger and younger today. They, they don't know how to deal with the emotions of, of the sex and being exposed to it and it distorts them and then they then all they know how to do is act out and that's where that's where that trouble comes and then the addiction that they have to maintain it
0: right So that's an interesting uh, words you use act out because the world will say, oh, it's just having fun. it's it there's no, attachment that needs to happen. Oh, we can just do this and no harm done. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says there is a spiritual connection when you have a sexual relationship. When a man has a sexual relationship with a woman, there is a spiritual attachment there that cannot be denied. So this is a very important thing. Tammy and I have been reading a lot of stuff lately that the school systems are just shoving so much sexualized, um, I hate to call it a curriculum, onto children. But, I mean, little kids, and it's absolutely horrible. We need to know what our schools are teaching, and we need to stand up against it. Um, I want to make uh, one more final comment here before we close this out. You know, why are we discussing more about women? We, uh, as we get into the next few episodes, we are going to be discussing mostly men. Um, there's a pretty good book that I've been reading in the last couple of weeks, Every Man's Battle by Steve Arderburn and uh, Fred Stecker. And uh, there's some interesting uh, comments in there from women. And most, uh, in one section of the book, they talk to a bunch of ladies about Um, the pornography use of their husbands or boyfriends. And quite frankly, most of the women were either disgusted or frustrated or angry by all of it. And they couldn't understand why is he doing this. So I think that is one perspective that what happens in relationships where pornography is being used by the man it's going to damage that relationship between the two people and definitely needs to be addressed. So I think we've made some really good headway uh, this morning or this, this afternoon to today uh, to get started into the, the real, what the Word of God says about this subject and because it does talk very extensively about this subject and um uh, how do you get free from it that's, that's what we're going to talk in episode three we're going to talk about how do you get free from this so we hope that you stay with us and uh this is going to be good this is going to be really good and i'm i'm excited that we're in this discussion you guys have anything to well, say before well, we
2: close i think i think that uh, god made man to be visual and, and it's you know, people blame God. Well, it's your fault. Well, no, because Satan will always try to pervert what God does, and the 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 beauty the beauty of the sexual relationship between a husband and a wife is a beautiful thing that God created, but man wants to pervert it. The enemy comes in and perverts it, and causes a scourge, and it becomes it becomes a, an addiction because it's like it's like drugs, and and it just it you can't you can't quit. So, Women aren't wired that way. God's help.
1: Yeah. So, just to to maybe close this out with, with some scripture, um, you know, the, the enemy of our souls came to uh, kill, steal, and destroy. But God, Jesus came to give life more abundantly, and that to me provokes me to think, what does He mean about that? What does He mean about the more abundant life? If He's our Creator and we're His created, we need to look to Him to to for Him to define what life truly is. Um, so he's got more for us. He, he he doesn't want us to settle for Satan's scraps. He wants us to settle for what, to embrace what he's designed for us originally. And and so as we talk about how to break free, you know, I love the, the passage in Luke chapter four, which is where Jesus stands up in the temple and he takes the scroll and he reads from Isaiah and he says, uh, God, the father has sent me to uh, heal the Sorry, to heal the, the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Satan's desires to oppress, Jesus' desires to let us break free and to enjoy the life that's more abundantly designed by him.
3: Mm-hmm. Praise the Lord. River, you have anything to say in closing? I hope that us speaking out on this topic uh, leads to people seeking help and not being ashamed to discuss this uh, in this church or any other church.
0: Yeah, I I can say this. We have men in this church that have been very open about the struggles they've had in this area. And I don't think there's a man in this church who would would, uh, be condemning of any man that's been struggling with this. We would take you in our arms and say, look, there is help and victory in the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. Let's pray, and we'll close this out. Father, we thank you for this awesome conversation today. Guide us and lead us, Lord, as we keep going, talking about this very charged topic in the world today. We just thank you, God, for wisdom and understanding in Jesus. Praise the Lord. Listen, if you haven't subscribed to uh, the Cornerstone Alive YouTube channel, please do so. Hit the notification bell so that you will know about all of the videos that are coming out uh, when they come out on the specific days. God bless you and we hope to see you soon at Cornerstone Alive.